Hello. Hello. I am busting with excitement because we have a very special guest here today. You are busting. It's like, (laughs) clearly. Um, Yeah, we do have very exciting guests, so probably we shouldn't waste any time. No, we shouldn't. We could waste a lot of time as we normally do, but we won't do that today. Um, Alicia McCarville is here with us today. She is a TikTok social media influencer who is all about self-love, positivity, giving back, all the things that make people feel really wonderful. She's from my home province of Nova Scotia and doing amazing things online, and we are so excited that she's here today. So welcome, Alicia. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks. I'm also like sitting here like We're so baby. excited. Um, first off, <laughs> can we just say uh, congratulations on your engagement to your husband? Thank you. You know, just 14 years in the making. <laughs> I've never heard of anyone who's gotten engaged to their husband. It's the best. It's a little weird. It's like uncharted territory is trying to figure out like what that, what that means. I called him my fiance the other day and I was like, oh, stop doing that. You're something my fiance. And he was like, I'm your husband. I was like, no, for at least the next two months, you are my fiance. Like that's what we're going with. I love that. I think it's very fair. You can, you are playing by your own rules basically in everything you do. So I think you get to decide whatever you want to do right now. I think there's no rules anymore. I'm just enjoying like using my left hand to like do things and understanding why every woman that gets a beautiful engagement ring does just that. So, (laughs) um, so just so that those listening get up to speed a little bit, um, you got surprised with a ring from your husband who you've been with since high school and you've been married for four years, but then you just got engaged like not even a month ago. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) So, I mean, we've been together for a long time and we, our original engagement was basically as non-engagement-y as they come. Uh, We, I rolled over in bed one day, like uh, most women with their spouses. And I was like, so are you going to ever get me a ring? Because we had been together at this point for nine years. And he was like, well, do you want a ring or a wedding? And realistically for us financially, that, that was the choice. Like I either got a pretty ring to kind of wear around for a little bit, or we just kind of jumped right into it and got married, which we knew was coming. So, um, I am not stupid when he offered to marry me. I was like, let's do this. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to, we're not going to waste any time. And eight, eight short months later, we got married and we had our wedding was like a total, like my dress and like everything included was like a total of $4,500. It was like the fastest, cheapest wedding we could like come up with. And it was the best day of our lives. Um, And we always kind of joked that like we would get a ring eventually and a ring would always be kind of part of it, but it would symbolize something a little bit different because at the time our wedding was very much a symbol of where we were in our lives and you know we had kind of surpassed that point um so we'd always said that for the five year like our five-year anniversary that's when we would kind of get a ring and and do that but little did I know he cut her a year early and got down on one knee in the end of a podcast that I had absolutely no idea and it's very difficult to surprise me um and proposed so here we are I love it So I got to be part of the surprise, which was a little bit ridiculous. So I had been working with Charm and they had this idea that they wanted to do something with you. And I was singing your praises because I love you and think you're wonderful. And you're from Nova Scotia and they're a Canadian brand based in Nova Scotia. Um, You got a Canadian diamond designed by the founder of Charm, who's also Canadian, which is really cool. But I will tell you, surprising people at the best of times is about the scariest thing you can do. Trying to surprise you was the most terrifying thing ever. And like, for me, I have my like computer and my iPad and my phone are all connected to the same thing. So like if a message pops up, it goes everywhere. So I'm trying to text your husband, like to work out the logistics and I'm being so cryptic and weird. And finally he's like, I know about the ring. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Now we have to talk about real things because I was lying to you in case you know, you're driving or somewhere and this message pops up and you're like, why is Sylvia texting my husband? I was like, this is so scary. So we were all terrified to let the cat out of the bag. Um, and I was really happy to know that you had no idea because that's how best surprises go. So it was the sweetest moment. It's now all, you can see the whole story, um, 
on Charm's website and the podcast is going to come out next week where you go into the entire um, spiel and people can learn all about you. And like you had a great conversation that, you know, goes a lot further, not just into your relationship, but into who you are and what you're doing and all the good you're putting out into the world. Um, but it was really fun to get to surprise you and also really scary. It was, listen, I can just imagine how scary it was because after Scott proposed, uh, first of all, I say, are you proposing to me? I ask that question and everybody keeps quoting it now. And I'm like, I swear I'm not an idiot. I just didn't know what was happening. Um, and I say to him as I'm like laugh crying because it wouldn't, it couldn't have been cuter because like I could have just cried like a normal woman, but instead I'm laughing because I'm like in such shock. Um, and I'm like, uh, is this why your vibe's been off all week? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, because literally four days before that or three days before that we were laying on the couch and I was like, your vibe is off this week. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but like something is different. Like, I don't know. I said, I don't know if you're having like a rough week at work. I don't know what is going on. I was like, but your vibe is off. And he's like, no, it's not. My vibe's not off. Why are you so, why are you making me feel bad? My vibe is not off. And I'm like, okay. So when he proposed and I'm like, is this why your vibe's been off all week? He was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, well, it really was like one of the sweetest things I've ever seen. And I like, I love surprising people, but I love nothing more than when you genuinely surprise someone, especially if they're difficult to surprise and like truly shock them. Like I got a little tear in my eye because I could tell you like did not know that that was going to happen. When, when Nancy asks him, like, do you have any regrets? And, and he's like, actually, I have one. And I'm like, fuck. Like, what is his regret? Like, we didn't talk about what, what regrets we have before we get them. So, like, you can see in my face when he's like, yeah, I just have one. And I'm like, what are you going on about? Like, what are you going on about? The unraveling of your relationship on I know. camera. I was like, can you imagine? I was like, I have one regret. I actually regret marrying you. So we've just been talking about how funny it would have been to, like, but, yeah, so then – he, like he as he's getting down on me and I can see it in my face and that's why I find it so funny because I can literally see myself realizing exactly what's happening and I can think in my head like what I was thinking that moment and I was like literally my words in my head were oh my fuck like that's literally what I was thinking was oh oh I can't even believe this is happening so god love him because I he is I mean I know I've explained to you Sylvia that he is an introvert like the introvertist introvert that's ever introverted like he <laughs> he he is wholeheartedly that way so the fact that he was even doing the podcast was like something and then the fact that he was going to let me have it filmed was like another thing and then to add on the top that he had to sit through the entire thing knowing he was going to propose to me is just outrageous <sighs> the tears are coming into my eyes again erica <laughs> I and I had been crying like until they announced it. I literally had been almost crying every single day since then. Because like okay, I we got it. We secrecy, by the way. She wasn't allowed to talk about it until everything was ready. Yeah, I'd be filming things and I'd have to like take my ring off or I filmed something and then I'd have to delete it. And then I like I actually filmed um, a video about not wanting kids where I'm dancing in the video, but I'm super far away from the camera. It was posted for like 24 hours. And then I realized my ring was on in it, but you can't see it. Like you can't see it. But I, I, I literally was just like, so like normal going about, on about my day. And then we'd like get into moments like that on in the car on the way home, we both were in tears. Cause like we, I just think that it is so everything has happened very fast for us. Like the way things have unfolded and I'm su we're both super grateful, but at the same time, it's not like things are just slowly happening on top of that, like crazy things just keep happening for us, which is amazing. And like, I've always believed we've put nothing but good into the world, you know, as a couple and, and me as a, uh, as a human. So I'm so grateful, like to have something like this come back to me, like it has, you know, completely altered and changed my outlook on things and just has made me more driven to like continue giving back. Um, but yeah, we were in the car both just like 
how is this our life? Like, how did we get here? And like, what now, what do we do? Like, you know, like you just feel like you're on top of the world and it's like, Oh shit. Like how do <laughs> how do you top this? Like how, where do yeah. you go from here? Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm really glad we got to do that together. It was so much fun. And hearing Scott, even on our like sneaky calls, planning things, he was so excited. Like I was shocked too, because we'd worked together before. And so we knew he was a bit of a quiet fellow. Um, but he was, and then, and then when he was told to like, okay, can you do the voiceover for the video? He was like, I, I okay. I got no problem. You probably got a different answer. No, I um, but it was pretty got, awesome. Mine was more of like a, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, they want you to voice it over like your voice. He was like, like my voice. I was like, that's what I just said. Repeating it doesn't change that. But he, uh, <laughs> me saying it again doesn't change things. But he did it. Yeah. And we actually had a blast recording. Like yeah. when we, we, he, I walked out in the living room and he was already two, two siders deep because he was like, ready to like feel, let go of any inhibitions before he filmed. And even still, like I sent you some of the outtakes and he's like, I'm so nervous. I was like, you literally could be naked right now recording this and nobody would have a clue. Like it's, it's really not that difficult, but he, yeah, he, he really showed up, which, which was another part of the surprise, which was like, really cool for me too because that's so out of his comfort zone so I mean the ring is beautiful and the surprise is incredible because he put it to it but he really showed up for this part of things and obviously with the way things are moving uh he's gonna have to be more involved so it's a little bit scary for him but it's really cool to see him you know easily persuaded into <laughs> to being a part of that stuff that's awesome I'm I'm so happy to hear that. I, as three ladies who are working for themselves and doing things in the world, it's, uh, you've got to have that like hustle and know that, you know, there's someone there who can like pick you up when you need to. And sometimes just like deal with your insanity and be like, okay, it's, uh, it's all worth it. Um, okay. So I think after this wonderful conversation about you getting engaged, there's no better time to talk about other things you love like face masks. Yeah, I listen, I never used to enjoy face masks. Like, to be honest, I never really did much for myself in terms of self care. So it was a whole new, new adventure for me. But now face masks are like, it doesn't matter where I go, if it's a drugstore, if it's Walmart, if it wherever I'm at, I'm there's always some type of face mask in my basket to take home with me so like I've the I literally have like all the beside me every every positive face yes, mask yeah like literally every every type of face mask and like under eye pads like anything you can think of yes. I now have so yeah um and, okay do you have like do you have a rider by mask that we should all know about that you think everyone should try this one it's um oh. the mask bar oxygen it is um a bubble mask and it's bamboo and first of all bubble masks mm -hmm. are my favorite things in the entire world and i don't honestly know if that's Ew. because they're like really super cool or if they actually but i always feel the best after um some type of bubble mask um i lean towards charcoal something with a charcoal in it because i find it leaves me feeling yeah. my like i i flush really easy um i get red super easy so whether like i'm having a drink or if i'm talking i flush like crazy so i find these types of things just give me a good good oxygen base before I go into like filming or things like that. So I'm not as visibly red, but yeah, the, any type of oxygen bubbles typically where I lean. Yeah. I was also skeptical of those masks because I thought they were just gimmicky. Like I thought the bubble thing was a gimmick and it wasn't really going to do anything. And then I used the glam glow um, bubble, like charcoal one. Uh, it was incredible. I agree. And I have the same kind of things. Like I get redness and I feel like it evened out my skin and made it so soft and like gave me like a deep clean, like cleaned out my pores. And I was like, Oh, this is actually, this is actually like a thing. <laughs> it's not just for, not just for 12 year olds to like, post on the internet 
What I is a bubble mask for all of those <sighs> who are here being like, what? Bamboo bubbles? I have no idea what's happening. It's literally a sheet mask that looks like your typical sheet mask. But when you put it on your face, the oxygen produces like the whatever is put into it. I don't even know. What, I, I don't even know what's in it, but they, it bubbles up. So like your whole face, like you literally, your whole face bubbles inside and outside. <laughs> like a lot of people think the bubbling just happens on the outside, but like part of why it works so well and feels so good is because it actually bubbles against your skin too. But you end up looking like, like the Michelin man, almost like your face is like super, super puffy. Amazing. What does it do? Why? Like, I feel like Erica, you've been holding out on me because I can tell you just had gallons of information on this subject. No, I don't think I have gallons of information. I think I just thought, oh, they're just kind of silly and like bubbles. So that's like just for fun. And then I used one. I think I got one in like a box one time. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll use this. And I put it on and like my skin had never felt so like cleaned, but not like stripped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. You know, when you do like a deep clean and feels like tight and like dry afterwards. Uh, I just feel like it like... I don't know, just like got everything out of my pores and made my skin so like soft and even and glowing. And I was just like taken aback because I was not expecting that. But I, do I know what the science is behind the bubbles and the oxygen? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sorry. You're on the hook this time, but I'm going to try one. Who even knows? I'll find out for you. I'm sure there is an actual, like, I'm, I'm sure there is an actual scientific thing, but it is better than like, honestly, I don't like, I've used a ton of masks now and I don't like peel masks because I find like you said, Erica, they leave me feeling like, like dry. Like I don't like a tightness after Mm. my mask. Like I just want my skin to feel like hydrated and good. Um, So like I find that any of the actual like masks that are sheet masks do better on my skin than, than the actual like paste. Plus it's less work. I'm new to this. I don't like sit there and like paste it on my face and then wait the 25 minutes. And like, I like a sheet mask because then if something comes up within the 10 minutes that I'm there, I can easily pull it off, rub it in and I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm good to go. I find you haven't hit are, Erica yeah. level status of face masks yet. Erica is the queen of face masks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also love a face mask for exactly that, or uh, sorry, a sheet mask for exactly that reason. It's because you don't rinse it off. You just like, you take it off and then you rub everything in. Sometimes I feel like with a mask, I use it and then I'm like, oh God, I just washed off all the good stuff that it was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I like a good one. Like if I feel like if I've worn makeup a lot during the week or those types of things, I like a good mask that goes on and I can peel off because then I get that sense of that. I'm kind of like peeling off the dirt with it. So I do enjoy that (laughs) after like a long week, but I find like when I'm just feeling like tired or I need something to like, kind of like spruce me up, the sheet masks kind of just make me feel younger I feel old when I say that, but they make me feel younger. They make me feel youthful. You've come to the right place. We talk about this a lot. You're talking our language. Yeah, you're talking our language for sure. Um, you're making me really want to go do one. I have like the papaya enzyme mask, Erica. What's that one that you love? The Elemis one? Oh, yeah. I love that. And like you're the last people. No, I have to go into another Zoom call later. I was just thinking you're the last people I'm going to see today. And I'm going to go do one right now, but that's untrue and I'll do it later on you can send us a selfie later I will send you a selfie later it's like when you see a Caesar you need a Caesar I feel like I'm hearing about face masks and now I must have one on my face immediately (laughs) um I have a mask that I would like to share with you both but it's not for your face is that allowed during face mask talk sure why not okay all masks I know. I, well, I was mostly hoping Erica was okay with it because it's not quite a face mask. <laughs> so I, back when you could do wonderful things like self-care outside of your home, um, I was getting a pedicure at Thatch and Fringe, which is a, for you, Alicia. That's Erica and I, our friend owns this beautiful salon uh, closer to where Erica lives. Getting a pedicure and I was telling Maddie, who does all the aesthetics there, I was like, my feet are so like... I'm so heavy on my heels. My feet are a mess, like great the crap out of them. Like I want all of the skin off off of my feet. And she was like, your feet are absolutely fine. They're just dry. 
And I was like, what do you mean they're distractions? Like you need to start putting, um, moisturizer on your feet at night, put a sock on them and they'll start to feel so much better. And I was like, you're crazy. I have, I'm heavy on my heels. 100% you are not correct. So in our FabFitFun box, Erica, that we got like ages ago, there was a foot mask in it. And I was like, I am going to try. So I, it first of all smells unbelievable. I have it sitting next to my bed with my giant bottle of um, Cetaphil, like a tub, sorry, of Cetaphil. And now my nightly routine has been use this like foot mask thing, slot my feet full of Cetaphil, like disgusting amount of Cetaphil feet have been in pristine condition ever since I don't remember getting a mask my feet are my feet are always disgusting and like like need like the cheese grater just to get the dead skin off um is it like a um is it just like a cream that you rub on it's so weird it's really liquidy so it's like really runny and so you have to be like I, because I'm putting it on in bed, I'm also like, I shouldn't be doing that. It's like it's such a mess. So I'm like very carefully like hung over the bed trying to get my mask on. And then I like seal it in with Cetaphil because it's sort of runny. So the Cetaphil really like locks it in. And because Cetaphil is like $13 for 700 years worth, I just am like super liberal with it. I really want to try one of the foot peeling masks. Have you seen those? No. Okay. I don't so know anything unless Erica tells me. So you can't, I don't even know. I don't even know where to get them, but I saw, I saw them a long time ago. And so you put your feet in this, it has like a, some type of a moisturizer or peeler, I guess in it. And then you, you leave it. I think it's like two hours or overnight. Like a, some of them are different. And then over the next like week and a half, your feet completely peel. So like that layer of skin of dead skin on the top completely peels off and creepy, but I so enjoy those videos of them <laughs> literally like peeling the, cause it's like a full, it almost looks like a snake, like shedding a layer of skin. And I don't, I just haven't done my research in to see if they're actually like good for you or not. Like I don't, I don't actually know, but a lot of people swear by them. So that might be my next, my next TikTok. It's an actual, is a peel, a foot peel. I would watch that a hundred percent. I would absolutely watch that. Like, I don't think there's anything more satisfying, like maybe popping a pimple, but like peeling a good piece of skin, like from a sunburn that's peeling or like, it's just so yeah. gross, but it's just like, it's the so most satisfying. satisfying feeling on the planet Scott, when you get like a really good, just like a really good long strip. Scott peel or Scott he burnt so bad last year, like so bad to a crisp, even though his wife told him to wear sunscreen. Um, he burnt like re- like lobster red. And he has such smooth skin that one day we were laying in bed. I was like, you can't move. I said, because this is going to be the longest peeled back skin that has ever existed. Because it was so, <laughs> and literally when I say, like I peeled it, we were both. Like I pulled it up and you could see like him like you could see like the follicles on his back he was like this is so disgusting but also so crazy I was like I know (laughs) but yeah wholeheartedly I just posted that TikTok because there's a uh there's a trend right now that's like I can't talk right now I'm doing hot girl shit and then it shows (laughs) yeah and then it shows women like not doing things that are like hot girl shit so it's literally me and I'm like I can't talk right now I'm doing hot girl shit and then it pans to me picking the pimples on his back because because everybody so everybody in the comments was like everybody does this I'm like yeah they they do is yeah we pop pimples and we like yes we rub dry skin off our feet and pick our toes and yeah yeah yeah. If you don't do it, you're lying. <laughs> it's my favorite. It has been one of my favorite trends because it is a lot of people are being so honest. And I'm like, yeah, because this is what fucking normal people do. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, we're, not, we're not living in this like fake. There was, there's been some really, like really, really good ones. Like one of the girl's shaving her belly. Like she, it like pans to her belly button hairs and she's shaving her belly button hairs off. And it's hilarious because it's like, I 
I do that. So it's like, I'm dying because I'm like looking and I'm like, okay, cool. This makes me not feel so alone. Like I feel seen right now. <laughs> totally. You know, what's so funny is that going back to Maddie at Thatch and Fringe, strange is this coming full circle, but they posted on Thatch and Fringe. It was like, would you be offended if your uh, pedicure included a toe wax? And I was like, shook by this because I got made fun of in like grade six or seven at someone's pool. And they were like, you have hair on your toes. And I was like, Oh my God, I do. I should be dead. So I have been shaving my toes since I was like in grade six or seven, because I was so scarred by this. I'm like, please wax my toes when I go get a pedicure. Nothing would make me happy. Yeah. Check your toes. (laughs) What's going on over there? I have to shave my toes. That made me think of the exact same thing that Sharice posted. And my reaction was also not that I would be offended at all, but I was like, I probably don't have the hair on my toe because I shaved it in advance of the pedicure. I was like, I'm getting a pedicure. I better shave my toe. That's right. (laughs) I'm in the same boat. And I was like, but if I knew that I wouldn't get judged for doing it, then I 100% would show up with toe <laughs> And there's honestly, like TikTok in general, like being on that platform has just made me feel so seen in, like just in general. Like it sounds so funny, but it is so true. Like it is normalizing a lot of things that people have like, it is making teenage boys feel very uncomfortable. That is for sure. <laughs> like that is what, and they deserve to, the little shits. Yes. Like I don't know if yeah. you remember te- what teenage boys were like. <laughs> But yeah, it's been like really funny to like things that I think are not normal is like, obviously there's somebody else out there that does this. Like I can't be alone, but when you put it on a huge platform and you have like thousands of people that are like, yeah, I do this. It's like, okay, cool. It's not as weird. <laughs> I feel like um, this conversation about beauty alone, we're going to have to have you back. Cause I feel like we've got to, like, I think there should be a whole episode dedicated to hot girl shit. Cause there's a yeah. lot of it. There is a lot of it. Like we haven't even gotten to more deep, dark things that I think we could explore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really glad we went there. I wasn't expecting to talk about toe hair with you, but here we are. Here we are. Um, I, I did want to ask you, Alicia, one very specific question though. So in the ring video, there was a couple of pictures from your wedding and I really, really, really want to know what lip color you were um, wearing. It is, um, it's the bright red color, right? Is that what I have on? Um, so yes. It's this, uh, Rihanna red, Savage, well, Fenty. Oh. It's her Fenty red. Um, it is. Yeah. This is my makeup drawer. That's why this is literally the perfect intro. I was like, this is amazing. You just have it, yeah. everything at your fingertips. Yeah. So it's the Fenty Beauty Red. And I'm in love because this did, like, this does not come off. You need sandpaper to get it off of your lips. And to some people that might be bad, but I am, I touch my face on the regular. Plus it's your wedding. Um, but the, I don't know if you can see, but the applicator is incredible. It has like a, yeah. I don't know, it's like a flat, it, yeah, they're amazing, the applicators are amazing, um, and it's like the perfect amount of like runny, and then it kind of just like solidifies, and you can put gloss over it, or like a matte gloss over it, whatever you want, but it dries matte, but yeah, it's the, it's the Fenty Beauty. Okay, well, in turn, I was like, oh, I love a bold lip on a bride, I must know what that is, so thank you. Erica does that. Yeah makeup on the most beautiful brides ever. You were, Erica, part of a surprise wedding yourself recently. Yes. Oh my God. Talk about heartwarming. I had a past client contact me and say, it's my partner's 50th birthday coming up. Could you come do both our makeup? And I was like, sure, absolutely. Uh, So I went to do it. And as I was doing their makeup, uh, her partner, uh, whose birthday it, it actually was, that part wasn't a lie, but she like whispered to me, she's like, so actually we decided we're going to get married and it's a surprise and our kids don't know. And I was like, oh, I, what? Is this is your wedding day? Like, started <laughs> and it was like the sweetest, like it made my entire, like, I, I feel like it made my entire quarantine. Like it just made me so happy. Like they were so excited and like giddy and like they're, so they each had two kids who were like, I think the youngest was 18 and they're like in their early or, and like up to early twenties. And so their youngest daughter lived at home with them and she was upstairs. So they're just like sneaking around and being super quiet, but they like quietly let me in on it. And I was like, 
what what's happening and then sylvia i don't think i told you this part when i told you the story before but um they had basically told the kids oh a photographer's coming and we're gonna do family photos in the backyard for the before we go to the birthday dinner so like wear something nice and they were like okay and so my friend was coming to do the photos and then i was like oh my god so like is an officiant coming to marry you obviously and um so Jana, whose birthday it was, works for the city that I live in. And she's like, yeah, I work for the city. And uh, the mayor always said if we got married, he wanted to marry us. So he's coming over to perform our wedding. <gasps> what? I was like, are we living in a CW teen drama right now? Like, this is the best that thing I've amazing. ever heard. Like, the, from the town's Oh, it was just, it was so sweet. Okay, Erica's so, was Gilmore Girls, and I feel like that could not have been a more Gilmore Girls thing <laughs> if I've ever heard of it in my life. You live in Stars Hollow. It's official. We will rename your town to Stars Hollow. Switching gears a little bit, um, Alicia and I have bonded over a subject that, it's funny, Alicia and I keep laughing, like, we have very strange things in common. Like, basically everything you post about it, I'm like, yeah, that's also my favorite thing. So, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like we it's not surprising that we share similar views on so many things, but we had a conversation about the fact that we don't have children and you really opened my eyes up to my feelings on it because I don't think I actually had ever like sat to think about why I feel the way I do or maybe why or what it feels like. And so ever since we started talking about it, um, I've had a lot more feelings of my own that I've just sort of like put more thought into, but we don't really talk I haven't really talked openly about my decision not to have kids. You've been really vocal about it. And I think that's another amazing thing that your platform has given is not just normalizing shaving your belly button on your toes, but also conversations like this that are really important. And my, you know, maybe closest friends know what, that I don't want to have kids, but I'm asked constantly about my life choices and it drives me bananas because I feel like the people who ask the most are also the people who like would have nothing to do with my child if I had one. So I just, you know, wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. Obviously Erica has two kids and understands that like, I don't hate children, but I just thought maybe we could like explore this world uh, together. Cause there's, you know, it's, it's becoming more normal, but I still don't feel normal. I think that the the crazy part for me is that I've been vocal about not, you know, not wanting kids or, or choosing not to have them. Um, and a lot of moms have expressed that they wish that they would have realized that being a parent was a choice, that they wish back when they had kids that they would have made that decision. And do I, and this is where it comes into play because I struggle a lot. Like you said, like when I say I don't want kids, everybody immediately is like, you don't like children then, or you don't like kids. And I'm like, no, I actually love kids. I was actually going to get my degree in working with children. I just don't want to push one out myself and I don't want to take care of it for 18 years. It's not something that I've felt drawn to. It's not something I feel I need to feel, um, like my life has purpose or that like it's something that I need and like my sister has always been drawn to having a baby she had her baby he's beautiful and he is perfect and she has been literally kicking being a mom's ass like she is just so driven and so and I just I don't feel like I have those same qualities and it's there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with it and I think a lot of times we're left feeling as women who don't want children or can't have children or choose not to have children, we're left feeling like something is missing when people look at us because we don't have them. Um, and I had an, I, I had an interesting post that I had posted about like things I wish you knew about me when I say I don't want kids. Um, and a couple people had, you know, chimed into it saying, you know, what, what would you do if you had a kid or how does like, how does this work? And it's just like, well, you don't like, we don't even need to be talking about it. Like, why are we even having, why are you worried about my uterus and what it does and doesn't produce? Like, why is that a question that we think is okay to ask? Mm -hmm. And if we reduce, if we reduce um, the, the conversation was around the word, I use the word childless instead mm -hmm. of child free. Um, and I expressed that's a whole other topic. I express why I use child. <laughs> I express why I use childless because 
childless just means without a child. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, child-free means you choose it. Childless means you can't have them. And I'm like, what? but why do we separate it? Like, why, why do women who can't have, to ki- have kids have to express that they can't have kids? Like, like if you didn't do- have pants on, you'd be pantless. Whether that was Correct. by choice or by or design, not. you'd be pantless. Right. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, it just, you know, uh, women who can't have kids, it's different than women who choose not to have kids. And I'm like, either way, you have no child. And why do we have to separate the two? Because if we don't separate the two and we don't have words for each of them and we just reduce the stigma around not having children, then women who can't have kids don't have to have that shitty conversation with people in general. And I don't have to be annoyed. Mm -hmm. Because it's very <laughs> right. like it's it's like it's the exact same conversation that women who can't have kids and women who are having kids at the end of the day you end up feeling the same way at the end you totally. end up feeling like people think you are less than because you can't have kids or because you choose not to have children yeah and I think one thing that really stuck with me when you and I have spoken about this before is that you said that you just didn't see it for you. And even just now you were talking about like, you weren't drawn to it. That for me is the only reason that I can think of. And until you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I never saw that for myself. So it never was like that I chose one or the other. I was just following what felt right for me. And that wasn't what felt right for me. Like it just, it just never presented itself as something that felt any particular way to me. Like I quoted yesterday that the opposite of love is indifference um, about something else, but I kind of feel that way about this. Like I don't think about it unless someone reminds me of it. And so for me, I have a really hard time with being questioned about it or judged about it because it, I didn't really choose. I just chose my path and that was what was involved in my path. Like I love kids I will still never forget, like one day I came to Erica's house, obviously pre-pandemic, and her son was standing there in the cutest cardigan I've ever seen in my life, playing a tiny guitar. I'm not sure my heart could have melted anymore. I love children and I have nieces and nephews and my friends have kids and I will take Erica's child serenading me in cute outfits and tiny guitars until the cows come home. But it just for me isn't what I have seen for myself. And I, and I thank you for making me realize that because it was never a choice for me. Yeah, it wasn't. And I think that that's where a lot of the, a lot of that comes. It's like, well, when did you decide? And it's like, well, here's the thing. I had names picked out if I was going to have kids because I thought that that's just what happened. I just, when Scott and I would talk about it, we just, we just felt like we had to have children. And then one day we were sitting there and I'm like, you know, we don't, like we don't have to like we don't have to have kids it doesn't have to be and we had both that's how we had come to it is like we never really I love children and I look at them and I think they're adorable but never have I looked at them and said we have to have one of those for us like we need to be parents do I think I'd be a great parent fuck yeah I have really great parents and Scott is an amazing human being but I don't think that I should be a parent just because I think I would be a good one I think that the choice or being a parent comes from truly moving your path in that direction because that's something that you are drawn to. So, you know, and that's that, that's that stigma. Like I get asked this all the time. What would happen if you got pregnant? And I'm like, then I would have a kid and I would be a parent because that's probably what would be the right decision for me. I was like, but again, that's not your, we're, we're here asking questions about women's uteruses because you're asking me that question because you want to know if I would choose abortion or if I would give the baby up or what my decision would be. Like that's, that's what you're seriously asking somebody when you ask somebody that question. Yeah. Just, just like when you ask somebody when they're having kids, you're asking them if they're having unprotected sex with their partners. This is what you're asking. <laughs> that's what you're asking. Yeah. And second of all, you're, you're asking if I can have children or not have children and though that's the severity of those questions it's not just a yes or no thing it's not you are you going to get your hair cut this week or you know like it's those are very intrusive personal questions for a lot of people and that's why I think if more women realize that being a, a parent is not something that they have to be tied to or have to tie their worth to that people will feel more confident when handling themselves in those, those with those types of questions to be like, that's a bullshit question. Like why, right. why does that matter? And it also goes to, to mothers too. Like Erica, I think sometimes 
moms don't get credit for being anything but a mom, which is and also like the other part of things that drives me nuts because there are some really amazing moms that have built businesses and are doing their thing, but all the world sees is them as a mother. And it's like, but like there's more to who a woman is than just having children. Like that a mom is being a part of it, but like, let's not take away the fact that, you know, who they are is separate from just being a mother too. Like it's, it's, it goes both ways on both ends of the spectrum. And I'm not sure if you've ever felt that way, Erica, but I know for some of my moms, it's like, it's all they, they see once they have a kid is just them being a mom. And they think that they can't, you know, the world tells them they can't do anything else other than just be a mom. Yes. I feel like everyone feels that um, as a mom at some point, but especially in the little kid stage of life because it just really is so all-consuming and really takes over everything it can like leave you with the feeling of like oh is this all I am now I'm just a mom and you sometimes literally just don't have time for anything else or for yourself or other thoughts without like without making an effort um it, it can just sort of really easily take over so I think it is a hard thing and then when you sort of like I can see even like starting to come out of that with my son who's five and goes to school now. It's like, okay, I raised this baby into a toddler who now goes to school, who's going to turn into a little kid. So like what's left for me? Like, what do I do now? Yeah. It's, I think, I think we're so conditioned as women to just like follow whichever path you end up taking is like, there's so many rules that we think apply to us that we just don't question. And so like, like you, Alicia, I had names when I was younger that I was like, Oh, if I have kids, this will be their names. But I was saying those words and not really like thinking more of it than that. And so I think we all can feel really lost in the stage of life that route, especially if you feel like you're like Erica, I think you and I maybe fall in like the opposite spectrum, but then end up at the same place where like, you feel like you're drowning in this stage of life that you're in. And then I'm sitting here watching all my friends do that and feel like I can't contribute because I don't know the things to be helpful with when someone's going through, you know, having a new baby. Like I, I know I can bring you a meal or like do things that are maybe, you know, taking some of the burden off, but like, you're not going to call me for advice on what to do with your nipples. Cause they hurt. Like, that's just not the function that can serve in those things. Well, you feel isolated too. I, you know what? I think that's amazing though, because I, I love my friends who don't have kids because sometimes I don't want to talk about my nipples. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Like I, I thought, like my friend, like our friends who have little kids who are in the same stage of life, they're incredibly valuable to me because they can relate and we can talk about the things are like that are going on and they're going through the exact same thing. Um, but I can also talk to you and not have to talk about any of that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, and I think, right. I think that goes back to like what I said earlier is being able to separate the fact that being a mom is not only who you are. And I think that 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 type of relationship. And I always, my mom, like my moms always tell me how much they appreciate having me as somebody who is not a mom as well for like other things. Like, listen, if you want advice on your nipples or your baby, you come to me because I'm going to tell you that as long as your baby is alive and you're taking care and you're doing things for (laughs) you, that's all that matters to me because, and I think sometimes, and I know from like personal experience with other moms that I have in my life, that when you're looking for advice and feedback, sometimes you don't need another mom's point of view. Sometimes you just need somebody who's going to be like, okay, let's check the boxes here. Is the baby alive? Are you feeding it? How are you feeling mentally health, mental health wise? And I'm not going to give you an opinion on what you're choosing to do with your baby. I'm just going to make sure you're okay. Right. And I think that that's, I think that's why I feel like I've been valuable to the moms in my life is because my questions don't, I don't have an opinion on raising a baby. I never raised one. Don't want to. And in fact, that my opinion on that wouldn't, I don't think anybody's opinion on how you raise your kids matters anyways, but in general, mine, I'm neutral when it comes to that. And I, I, that's what I said to my sister when she popped out my nephew is my first thing to her is like, if you want an opinion, feel free to call me because I will literally make you feel very good because you're, <laughs> you're like, if you're cro- like, if you're having a shitty time, like and you just want to talk and you want it to have nothing to do with, like you said, a, a kid, then call me because I don't, 
as long as you're doing what you feel you're supposed to be doing with your son, then that's what's important to me and him and, and us in general. Yeah. And I think it's like a club. I, we always try so hard to separate people who don't want kids, can't have kids from people who have them. When realistically, I think the bigger issue is here is why do people care so much whether you do or you don't? Like why, are, why yeah. are people so involved in women's uteruses yep. in general? Like why I, do you... Yeah. Why if does I could, it matter? Yes. Totally. If I could something to the no kids conversation, it would be that like, it would thrill me to no end if people in general could remove their heads from women's uteruses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Because let me tell you, when you have kids, the invasive personal questions do not end. Oh, you had a kid. Oh, when are you going to have another kid? Oh, uh, are you having an only, you're having an only child? Aren't you worried he's going to be weird? Like, oh, are you, like, did you have to have fertility treatments? Oh, you have two kids now. You have a boy and a girl. You don't have to have any more kids. Oh my God, you have two boys. You're definitely going to try for a girl though, right? Like, or having <laughs> right. a third was it an accident? Like, just like, and that's it, why I feel like wholeheartedly that this isn't like a thing where we need to separate. Like, if this is just about women's uteruses in general, like, I don't right. know why people care so much. Yeah. Because if we just decide and make the choice that, like, that's it's none of your business. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, when I have friends, like personal friends or close friends that ask me questions, I don't, that's, a, that's okay with me because yes. at the end of the day, a lot of people will come back and be like, well, what's an appropriate question? It's less about the question being appropriate and more about who you're asking it is appropriate and how you yeah. respond to it. Is it appropriate? Because don't ask a woman when she's having children, if you're not ready to support her when she can't. Don't yeah. ask a woman yeah. if you're having children, if you're not ready to support her when she says no. Don't ask a woman when you're having children, when you're not ready to support her when she has them. Like those are three very important things that I think a lot of people forget. Is yeah. that unless you're planning on being there to support them with a kid, without a kid, when they can't have a kid, then don't ask the question. Because totally. there, I know that I try really hard to make people feel awkward when they ask me that question and I don't feel like they should. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of mothers who can't have, um, or women that can't have children come back and say, well, I can't have them. And like, are you ready for that conversation? Because yeah. if you're not, you're not, you shouldn't be asking that question. And yeah. I really think that it boils down to those three things. Like if you're not ready to do what needs to be done after you get the answer to that question, then don't ask it. I had the most beautiful, I couldn't agree more. I had the most beautiful conversation with um, a good friend of mine over the summer. And she is a woman who has multiple children, has like felt in her bones from the moment that she could even think about it um, was like, I want to be a mom. So she has several children and is an amazing mother. And still, you know, she has a career and all the things like she has like Erica maintained being a human being. The rest of her didn't evaporate, but she one time said to me, like, I have a question I want to ask you if you're comfortable. And I said, sure. And she said, I've only ever known what it's felt like to want a child what does it feel like to you to not? And I was like, oh my gosh, like no one's asked, like literally no one had ever asked me that question before. And I really had to like stop and think about it. And I, I think for me, whether I want a kid or not, doesn't really factor into it. But what I do know is what I have to live with as a result of my decision. And it is very different than someone who has chosen to have a child. And I would say like, we're lucky in the sense that you know, we don't get really pressure from our family and, and close friends. Like most of that pressure comes from people who shouldn't have an opinion anyway, or care or would be involved in the life of a child if I had one. But I will say that there are a lot of times where we end up feeling lesser than because of the fact, and, and people don't even do it intentionally. Like we are both, you know, through the pandemic have been so thankful to be working, working crazy hours and crazy days. And we are very quickly forgotten about in many people's eyes because they're going, oh my God, life is so easy for them during this time because they don't have kids. Well, no one stops to think about all the other things that could be going on that could be making life difficult or checks in. Like I would say we end up being an afterthought in so many cases just by accident. Like people tend to prioritize people with children and don't necessarily think about the needs of people without them because they just assume we're fine. And so that is, that's been really tough for us. And sometimes we feel like where we only have each other and that can feel really isolating. Probably again, like Erica feels isolated in ways that I'll never understand because she has kids. 
I feel isolated in ways that other people can understand because I don't have kids. And so it's, that's been really hard. And I think if people took the time to maybe not ask if you're having kids, but like, are you okay? How is life going? And have nothing to do with children, but like check in on people and make sure like we shouldn't be forgotten about either because of that decision too, if that makes sense. 100%. And when you had originally, like when we had this conversation, you had brought that up to me. That was like a a moment for me to be like, you know what? Like, you're right. Because like I didn't, I know I've spoken about, but my best friend who's a mom of two, she is incredible at filling my cup. She Mm -hmm. is, she has two kids and she will call me at the end of her day to ask me how I'm doing and ask me how my life's been. And she is just so good at separating that idea that because I am childless, then I must, you know, be okay. Or I must have, Mm -hmm. you know, what I need. Um, So she is a really great example, but it also, when we had that conversation the first time, it made me really realize that how wonderful that is because there are a lot of people in my life who don't fill my cup because I be for that exact reason. I don't have, mm-hmm. I don't have children and we, we, you know, and now with my, with things changing in terms of like being an influencer and a content creator. And it's like, people think that things are going so well, but not a lot of people check in to be like, like, how are you, you know, how are you, you doing? But I always do my best to check in on my moms. And I think that just comes again with, if we go back and destigmatize the fact that being a mom's is being a mom is all and everything a, a person is, then we're more likely to just ask how you're doing because we just genuinely, genuinely yeah. want to know. Yeah. Cause we just genuinely want to know how we're, how people are doing. Um, but I can, I completely understand that whole idea too. And I think it goes back to like the, that feeling alone. I, from my moms that are in my life is just that not feeling included with the people who don't have kids. And I think that, do you know what I mean? Like having that, like, when's the last time you asked your, your mom friend to just like go for a drink or right. go for a drive or spend time that doesn't involve the kids. Cause I mean, I always go to my friend's house when she has kids because I just assume that that's the easiest thing and what she would want when realistically, like maybe she just wants me to pick her up so we can, you know, drive the loop shoot the shit and then I can drop her back off afterwards. So right. I think that again, it's a lot of stuff. It's like, let's just care about humans for being humans. And then they can kind of tell you what they need and how you can help them yeah. rather than, rather than kind of assuming that. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I think that like assumptions probably like go both ways and we don't really realize it. Like mm-hmm. I probably make assumptions about people who don't have kids <laughs> that aren't true and they're doing the same thing about me. Um, but really like, I mean, I think when it comes, when it comes down to it, we all just want to be seen and we mm-hmm. all want to feel validated. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so if we can like give that a little bit in both directions and like exactly what you said, like, like just check in with each other. Um, and just like, you know, I can like value you as much Sylvia, as much as my friends who do have kids, um, you know, cause like you offer me different things, but it's not, um, one's not better than the other. And your experience isn't any, I don't know. There's this thing where like, I find now where if someone expresses an opinion on something or a choice they've made, and, um, it's like different than yours. People's first reaction is to say, Oh, well, but what about this? Well, what I'm going through this, what you're saying makes me feel bad about my life. And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's just that person, you know, like expressing their own opinion about something and that's okay. Like you can just like accept that and still be like happy in your own choices for your own life. Totally. And I, you, you raised such a good point. Like I think at the end of the day, well, both of you have said it in different ways. It's like, let's just care about each other. It's not like every friend you have take kids out of the picture altogether. Every friendship that you have does different things for you, right? Like there are certain people that you have in your world that you have different relationships with. So already every friendship is going to be unique between the two people that are in that friendship. So why would that be any different if you had kids or not kids? Like you, everyone brings something to the table and you, and you tend to have different people for, I shouldn't say different things. That feels very easy, but do you know what I mean? Like you just know there's like, yeah, like I, anyway, I think that's just sort of the core of it all. And you said it so beautifully, Erica, like, we just want to feel seen. We just want to feel validated. We just want to know that we're not alone. And if we're having a shit day or we need somebody that we don't 
hesitate in both directions to go, well, I can't tell that person because there's something that seems so fundamental between us when it's really, I mean, obviously having a child or not having a child means something to different people, but it doesn't change the fact that we still need to feel emotionally connected to people and that our needs are still there as human beings. And I think that really like at the core of it is just sort of what it's about. Yeah. 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 Just feeling seen and respected in general. And like most of the time, like you said, it's just, we, our friendships, like you said, sounds easy, but it, it, that's what friendships are for. Like you build them so that you can use them so that you can, you know, back, back them up when you need to and, and get advice when you need to. But I think that that dynamic kind of changes when children are involved and we tell ourselves stories like I don't ask for advice or I don't ask for support from my moms because I think that they're going to think I'm silly for asking support. And I feel like my moms don't always ask me to be a part of things because they think that their kids are a burden and they don't want me, they don't think I'd be interested in that. When realistically, like, I just want to be your friend. So if your kids are involved, if your kids are involved, cool. If they're not, great. If you do know what I mean? And it's the, I going down to it just to make it simple. It's just like, it should be that fundamental friendship first. And then that the lives part second. And yeah, I am obviously am passionate about people not asking that question. So like you said, Erica, like just let's take your heads out of my uterus for a minute. <laughs> just just yeah. let me let just let me exist the way that I want to exist. And there like you said, there's no need for you to be offended by my decision. Like it shouldn't totally. it shouldn't affect how you feel about yours because mine is different. I no. Have, oh sorry, like, go ahead. No, it's okay. No, I like this conversation in general because I think like I think like you said before, Alicia, there is definitely, I think, I hope, like, I hope it's going away, but there's definitely this still like pressure in society that like, if you get married, then you have kids and that's just what you do. And I feel like that's going away a bit. So I hope people like having conversations like this and just like thinking about making thoughtful decisions for their own life and what they really want and not based on what society thinks you should do or Instagram or what your friends are doing or like keeping up with the Joneses like that's how you get to a place where other people's like other people's decisions doesn't have to affect you because you made the right decision for your life totally. 100% yeah and, and that I mean, goes like, for everything kids you, where you oh, live absolutely. whether you buy or rent a house like whatever you university do. like all totally. of that stuff like if I think of the amount of pressures and it's usually typically close family members or like, I mean, for us, for kids, like my mom was born to be a grandmother. Like she was born to have children to be a grandmother. And she is like that. Obviously she hasn't gotten to spend too much time with Bennett right now, which is like absolutely devastating to everybody, but like, she is the best grandmother. And I know that Mm -hmm. that, you know, but she at first was so hard for her to understand because for her life, she had, me she had my sister she had my brother she's worked super hard and being a parent is something that she truly prides herself on so when I said you know like I don't I don't think I want kids or I don't know if I want kids or probably not having kids I felt a lot of guilt with that because I felt like she might feel that that has to do with her like and I feel like a lot of people make the decisions to have kids because of the influences in their life when realistically it just needs to be a you know a a path that you choose or don't don't choose it doesn't need to be that stressful and like you said Erica if you're making those conscious decisions then you're less threatened about the decisions that other people make because they don't because then you understand what's gotten into gone into them and you understand that it's a you know it's a personal feeling and, and I guess choice I had a very interesting conversation with my mom recently that I did not expect to have. Um, So my mom had me at 35 and had my sister when she was 40. And so she, I'm 35. So she was my age when she had me. And one day I was talking to her about something. I was like, I was a bit frustrated about something and I was just trying to, and like I said, since we've started having this conversation, like it's really made me look inward about like why I've made my choices and, and just sort of like how it actually makes me feel sometimes. And I was talking to my mom about it feeling like I was just sort of brain dumping on her. And she was like, I, my mom to have a kid at 35 in her generation was basically a geriatric. And so she was like, everybody around me had kids. I was exactly in the same position as you with 
family and friends and everything because I didn't have kids at the age where everybody was having children. And, and I just never real, like really actually thought about that before and thought, Oh my God, like my mom and I have lived, you know, up until this point, both being childless for different reasons, but I just kind of had this bonding moment with her that I never even thought to have a conversation with her about not realizing that she had felt some of the same ways that I felt because of the time that she did decide to have, have kids. So it was just kind of a nice thing to go like, Oh, you understand that even though. And so I think that's maybe why she doesn't pressure me specifically because she gets it. Like she's already lived through it herself and then ultimately did decide to have children. Um, but it was just like a really nice moment that I didn't expect to have with my mom. Oh, I think, true. and like, I, for me, it's obviously the opposite because my, my mom had me when she was 18. So she mm. didn't know her life between 18, like 18 and now without children, like everything she's built around her husband, how to have a job with kids and how to raise children and how to be. So for her to see me not doing that, I'm sh- like, it's that also that shock of having that conversation. I'm like, okay, like it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be that way for for her and God love her. She would never, like, never did she sit down and be like, you have to have children, but it's always that pressure of, Oh, when are the babies coming or Oh, when it, but the last, like the last little bit has been very different for her. And I don't, I don't know when she came to the acceptance of what it is, but I, we were, we were at an event and it like, it was a big moment for me where someone said, Oh, you'll change your mind or Oh, you're going to have kids. And she like immediately turned and said, Nope, she, she doesn't want them. Like that's, Hmm. that's her decision. And it was like the first time I was like, Oh, okay. Like we're supporting this decision. And like, not that I didn't think she didn't support it before, but it was like a nice moment for me to be like, okay, like we're behind this. Like we get it. Or like you're, you know, you're, it was really a good accepting and we didn't talk about it afterwards, but I was just like, okay, like, all right. Like I feel, I can feel a little bit better. And like you said, it comes with, Erica, it comes with that like feelings, like seen part of things. Like I felt so seen in that moment for my decision that it was like, okay, that this person is probably not going to ask me again, if I'm going to have kids because it wasn't just coming from my mouth. Now it was coming from, you know, my mother's mouth. Yes. And that's so nice because now you don't always have to have that like thought in the back of your mind is like, is she thinking like, whenever I say this, is she thinking, but, oh, but like maybe someday, maybe I'll change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, thanks ladies. This made me feel really wonderful. And I loved having both of your perspectives on this because again, we're all just people. And just because we don't have kids or have, or do have kids doesn't mean that this can't be a great conversation. And so I think Hopefully, you know, if people are listening and this helps them start to have conversations with their own circle of friends, then, you know, thank you for having it with me. Like I said, I haven't talked about it, you know, publicly at all before. And I don't really talk about it openly all that much. Like I just kind of have used to get my fingers crossed and hope people would leave me alone about it. So um, thank Let's you. Let's figure it out on their eventually. Like, oh, I guess she's not going to have it. Seriously, seriously, thank you for allowing um, the space for the conversation. Cause I think it's so important and I'm very lucky to have both of you to have it with. Okay. I could talk to you both forever, but we have some final questions to ask Alicia before we wrap up this wonderful conversation. So Erica, I will turn to you for a speed round of this or that. Yes. Thank you, Alicia, for doing this. And before we go, uh, we just wondered if you would indulge us in a little quick, uh, game of the beauty and stuff, this or that. Heck yes. Let's do it. Um, all right. So, um, this is very high stakes, high pressure. Um, and Sylvia is going to start the non-existent timer. Um, all right. So we'll start off easy. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Shoppers or Sephora? Sephora. Hard pants or soft pants? Soft pants. (laughs) Pizza or Donair? No, Donair. Uh, nude lip or red lip? Red lip. Christmas or Halloween? Oh, Halloween. Bar soap or body wash? Body wash. Wendy's or Harvey's? Harvey's. Pressure cooker, air fry? Pressure cooker. Value village or Frenchies? Value. Oh, Frenchies. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift 1989 or Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift folklore? Oh, I'm going folklore. All right. And finally, Harry Styles or everyone else on the planet? 
the Harry Styles. Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was so scared. I was like, this is all going so well, Erica. Your questions could have really altered this. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I'm dying over hard pants or soft pants. Erica, is that we hard pants? Um, I, th- I, I, I thought I, you were laughing at me because I thought I heard it wrong. Hmm. No, is this what I just say? Okay, my my five year old, my kindergartner, um, has a thing against hard pants, and what he means by that is wearing jeans. Like he likes to wear jogging. <laughs> so it would be like, I want to wear hard pants to school. I want to wear soft pants. I'm like, Listen, I you and your five year old are on the exact same wavelength. So because when you said hard pants, hard soft pants, pants, I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> If you are tuning into Beauty and Stuff for the first time, you can follow us at Beauty and Stuff Pod on Instagram. Send us questions. If you have ideas for things, we would love to hear from you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And Alicia, where can people find you? Um, where can they not find me? I am on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. And then new to the Twitter world. So, But it's all um, Alicia McCarvel is my username. Okay, amazing. Um, Sylvia, should we introduce our podcast before we go? Oh, yeah. We normally don't do that until the very end, Alicia, because we always forget. So we'll make sure to introduce our podcast. Um, Thank you again, Alicia, for being here. And until next time, I'm Sylvia. I'm Erica. And this was Beauty. And Stuff. Goodbye. Bye.